Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day as well, I guess. I didn't realize I scheduled a show for that. Uh, and that's not the subject of today's show, by the way. Uh, anyway, thanks for joining me today. Uh, this is your host, Jim Ventura. Uh, for the first time tuning into the show, um, I am a, uh, a navigational consultant. I do uh, life uh, coaching and counseling work using astrology and uh, numerology and uh, tarot and runestones, all kinds of different types of oracles that I've worked with for many, many years. Um, I'm also a published author of a couple of books, and I do a monthly column called Snake Oil uh, via the uh, the net that uh, has about 1,700 subscribers at this point. Anyway, if you want any information about any of the services I offer, just go to my uh, website, which is jimventura.com, and you could check out uh, information on uh, my services and, and books and, and all the good stuff. And if you're not already getting my monthly email, email me at venturasag at yahoo.com, and I'll add you to the monthly newsletter mailing list. Okay, so uh, today's show is a live column read. Uh, I do a, a generally a new column every month, um, and uh, I, I like to, at the beginning of the month, uh, do a live column read, and then subsequently talk about that in more detail. Now, obviously, it's not um, it's not the beginning of the month. Just was too busy with with many things going on to actually get to a radio show. So finally got this scheduled. Uh, part of that had to do with being sick and having the flu. A lot of people had it. I was uh, subjected to that as well, too, and uh, and, and we'll, we'll talk about that in, in some degree a little bit later on. Um, just for the record for today's show, this is not a uh, a call-in show. Uh, I won't be doing many readings on today's show. Um, I do those only on um, the astrology update shows where I take live callers uh, halfway through the show for many readings. I don't do uh, live uh, calls on uh, column read shows and... Uh, so thanks for joining me. I see about four people jumping out of the out of the phone link already, and probably will disappear and not listen to the show either. And we're just calling in to get the mini reads. Uh, anyway, but yeah, don't do those uh, for for the show because we don't then have enough time to talk about the subject of of our show. So okay, so I'm going to start off by doing uh, the the live read of this uh, month's column. Some of you may have uh, may have got it already. Obviously, will have heard it. Uh, but this is a live read, especially if you're tuning into the show and you didn't catch the, uh, uh, weren't able to uh, uh, hear the column before. So this month's column is called Bark at the Moon, Logic or Intuition. Over New Year's weekend, my 13-year-old cat came down with the flu. I wasn't sure this was even possible, but looked it up online. Yes, cats can get a type of feline flu. Unfortunately, my indoor cat goes outside from time to time. She sniffs and rubs against the areas that the outside feral cats hang out on on my stairway sometimes. This is likely where she picked up the illness in a practical sense. Uh, She was extremely sick uh, with a clogged nose, lethargic, and looked really, really bad. She didn't eat or drink water for almost three days. Uh, she began to smell a bit from the lack of self-cleaning she still prides herself on. Uh, I tried to feed her water and tuna juice with the dropper, but she was resistant. I debated whether I should take her to the vet. It had been 12 years since she traveled in a cat carrier in the car, uh, 
and I've wondered about whether it would have been even more traumatic in her weakened state to put her through this extra stress. I am comfortably prepared for the possibility that she might die. The signs were not good. Yet I kept hearing another internal voice telling me she would be okay because it was not her time to leave. I appreciated that optimistic, soothing voice, but doubted whether it was right. It was a difficult few days. Uh, I took all the practical preparations necessary and borrowed a cat carrier from my neighbor in case she got worse. I even contemplated how I would handle her passing. At one moment, I felt so powerless that I got out of my car to go food shopping and sat for a few minutes simply weeping in the car. Still, that other voice kept telling me she'd be fine in a few days. I've used an antibiotic, colloidal silver, myself a few times over the years, and on impulse looked up its use for animals on the Internet. I found out that in some places, like in the U.K., they put it in their dog and cat's water bowls, so I did this as well. On the third day of the ordeal, she was drinking water out of her bowl. That night, I fed her tuna juice, and she lapped it up. On the fourth day, she ate some wet cat food. A day or two later, she started eating her dry cat food again. Now, she's completely fine. She's even getting a little chubby again after dropping some weight. This wasn't the first time in my life when something, some trauma had me battling between logic and intuition. Some years ago, one of my closest friends was diagnosed with cancer. The prognosis was not good. After about a year or so, uh, my 40-year-old brother-in-law experienced kidney failure. He spent about two years on dialysis. I needed to plan for the possibility that I might not pass. In both cases, that internal voice told me they'd make it. My friend became cancer-free about a year later when the chemotherapy treatments and other methods he was using worked for him. My brother-in-law had a kidney transplant given to him by an extremely thoughtful friend took and he is doing quite well. While all of these examples are positive, the intuitive messages I get are not always positive ones. There have been times when I also hope that a friend or relative might recover when that eternal voice also told me they would not likely make it. Far more often than not, my inner voice has been right. One of the archetypal cards in the tarot is the moon, number 18. The artwork is often dramatic and ominous with an image of two dogs howling at the moon. It symbolizes the subconscious, the unconscious, psychic, and astral contact. It represents awareness from other layers that stretch beyond the input we get from logic. The troubling part of this archetype is that we, it can represent the negative aspects of self-deception, delusion, and preferring fantasy over reality. It can also show the sometimes extraordinary influences of the lunar poles of the moon, although the influence of, negative, of Neptune is actually a better fit for what this represents from an astrological perspective and messages from our heart. On the positive side, it can represent intuition, knowingness, and tuning into other vibrations and aspects of life that go far beyond the more singular channels that we get from logic. It is a part of us that can read and see things we don't necessarily figure out with just our intellect. For most of us, the path to developing our ability to see things involves tapping into the more difficult and darker aspects of life in this world. Confusing circumstances, people trying to pull the wool over our eyes, and uncomfortable experiences are part of this life. Yet, they can act as triggers for expanding our awareness. Each time we're tested this way, we can open ourselves to other channels of input and ways of 
saying things. The moon archetype embodies this process. It can be difficult to navigate between true knowingness and what we want or wish to happen for ourselves and the people we care about. Most of us have experienced this at one time or another. One, of the, one example is when we're in love and hope that this will get, we can get to be with someone who we have strong feelings for. Even when the signals are telling us that something is amiss, we often turn off our logic and only listen to the pull of what our heart wants. We may be left disappointed because we deceive ourselves or subject to someone who tries to deceive us. I went through this in a painful way in my early 20s with someone I felt a powerful connection with. Even though I wanted it to work out, I remember hearing that voice telling me it would not. I ignored this voice because it wasn't how I wanted it to go. The voice was right. Sometimes people become too immersed in intuitive or lunar poles. The power of sensing and knowing things, the ability to tap into undercurrents of what is beneath the surface of things, can lead to amazing knowledge, but it can also sometimes lead to delusion and extremes. Some people become consumed with finding Bigfoot and looking for leprechauns with pots of gold. There are people who become conspiracy theorists about nearly everything. Sensing something is amiss and tapping into undercurrents can be carried too far. Examples. Government is completely evil and corrupt. Any time my boyfriend speaks to another woman, he's cheating on me or planning to do so. Obama wants to take our guns away. The end times are here because it says so in the Bible. Crazy beliefs become a focus, but not balanced with some use of logic. As we develop our ability to read layers of things and encounter troubling situations or difficulties, we can use a lunar pull to ultimately learn how to read things more clearly. Of course, this takes some real practice. Talk shows where a transgender guest reveals to a straight guy that they are actually a man are theatrical, but this is an aspect of deception that is very real. Talk to any woman who has been in the dating scene for a long while, and the smart ones have learned to smell a bullshitter from miles away. They can easily spot the liars and the married ones, but it's likely that they were fooled more than a few times along the way by silver tongues while coming to this wiser point of view. If on the other side they decide that all men are liars and cheaters, they're off base as well. It's not too easy to navigate between logic and intuition. If we attempt to shut off our intuition and its intuitive voice, we can become dry and emotionally sterile when we only rely on logic and intellect. We can miss the undercurrents that pulse through events. If we shut our logical voice down and only listen to our lunar poles, we can become delusional and live in a fantasy world. In either case, we suffer the problems that arise from a lack of balance. With practice, we can find a way to blend these elements together very nicely. The moon archetype represents mastering the skills of intuition. It was a gift for me to have started developing my intuitive abilities at such a young age. And I got caught up in illusion a number of times along the way, but at the same time, I definitely experienced some real awareness and knowingness that was powerful. Sources of information come to me through many different channels, including, but not limited, to intellect and logic. Now, in my 50s, the balance between logic and intuition is extremely strong. I see things clearly while allowing my intuition and heart to have an equal say in my decisions. Okay, so that is uh, this month's column. Um, this is a new column, uh, as many of you know who, who have uh, who have followed me for a, a number of years. You know, sometimes we do repeats. You know, I I, I usually do I, I do twelve columns a year. Um, I probably say I probably do maybe seven 
uh, or eight new columns a year, and then maybe four or five months I will run old columns. And that's partly because I just have uh, I have a lot of columns now. I've been doing this since like 2003, so I have many columns, and so I can run reruns. Plus, on top of it, sometimes I'm just really, really busy. And then other times I run repeat columns because I think um, you know people uh, may need to hear this again. They haven't read this or heard this in five or six years. I'm always getting new people coming into my mailing list, people coming and going, so they may never it may be new to them. Lots of reasons for that. This was a new piece that I wrote about. So I want to talk about this in a little bit more detail. Again, I'll mention because um, I see some people jumping in on the phone lines. You know, the show's only a 45-minute show, so for the live column read shows. Uh, I can't uh, take live calls to because people with the live calls are pretty much always looking for a five-minute mini reading, and, and I don't do those. But we just wouldn't have the time. Uh, the next time I do an astrological update show, I will carve out some time for the end of the show to take a few live calls. So look for those. I haven't done one in a few months, but I will get to that in the next month or two. Uh, give everyone an update on astrology and give me a chance to do that. Okay, um, so. You know, I've written columns before about the different archetypes in the tarot, um, so we're going to talk about that as well. Uh, you know, one of the things that I want to mention also is this piece, of course, really started off with, um, you know, dealing with the reality of my cat catching the flu, and I, you know, I realized I hadn't mentioned it in the piece. One of the reasons that I was prepared at a practical level for her passing was twofold. One, she was really, really sick. I, I mean, I have never seen her like that. She was just sick. I mean, uh, it was really unnerving uh, to deal with, with, with something like that. But the other thing is she's about 13 years old. So cats typically live between about 14 and 19 years, uh, you know, maybe 15, 16 is the average. So to me, with her age, and then her being sick in such an extreme way, again, practical side was prepared for that horrible uh, potential outcome of, of losing her so early on. Um, but uh, obviously, she she passed through it. You know, again, maybe it was the help of the colloidal silver that I put in the water. Uh, maybe she fended it off ultimately on her own. You know, the funny part of it is, um, maybe funny is the wrong word, uh, I myself ended up experiencing the flu in February. So my cat had it in, in late December and January. I ended up getting it in February, obviously not for my cat. They're, you know, you don't catch uh, an illness like in that way from a cat. Um, and I ended up having it. It ended up being bronchitis. You know, this particular quote-unquote flu season, I hate even to use the words flu season, um, was really, really brutal, especially, you know, for uh, Arizona, where I am, is one of the number one spots where, uh, in the world, well, the country, where the, you know, the flu was hit really hard among many people, but, you know, most reported cases. I think Arizona is number one or number two. Yay, Arizona! Um, you know, I, I, I will talk about this in next month's column, actually, about what I went through, but, you know, in a nutshell... Uh, I mean, I get the flu maybe every six or seven years. I don't take flu shots. Uh, you know, that's not really something that I do. To me, it's, it's uh, you know, it's about once every six or seven years that I get the flu. Those are numbers I can deal with, but it was horrible. So I imagine my cat going through this uh, was obviously particularly horrible for her as well, too. But, you know, one of the things that, and what spurred this column for me in a lot of ways was that was what was so odd. 
hold on one second. Allergy stuffing is blowing my nose. That's one of the things that was so odd. Um, again, maybe odd's not the best word because I, I should be used to it by now. But, yeah, I was very traumatized by this, and I, I'm telling you, as clear as could be, I kept hearing this sort of internal voice saying she'd be fine. She would get through this. She would be okay. It wasn't her time to go. And, you know, and this is why this archetype is so interesting to talk about, that, you know, there are times in life where I did try to convince myself of things that turned out ultimately not to be true, uh, like we all do. So, you know, that, that was in the back of my mind. It was like maybe this is just this voice is just wishful thinking that you want her to be okay in that sense. And the truth is she's really sick. She's probably not going to recover from this. And yet, again, you know, as loud as could be and as strong as could be, that voice was very calm and very clear that this would pass. So, uh, and, and obviously was right. And, and of course, you know, for me, you know, I have been involved in metaphysics uh, in this lifetime anyway. I'm sure I've done many before. Since I'm about maybe 17, so this is a lot of years in this field at, at various levels. So I've had many, many encounters with with this type of thing and, and worked a lot at developing intuition. And, and I have to say that, you know, not it has not been a, a, an easy process. That's why even in this card, when you understand the archetypes in the tarot, and I'll talk about that a little bit more in, in a few minutes also, just in case you guys are not as completely familiar with that, this was always a more hard-to-explain card, you know, uh, in that sense, uh, to people. You know, there are, there are 22 major arcana cards in the, in, the, in the tarot deck, and they are ultimately the, the, you know, the larger patterns that we walk through in life. The first one, number zero, is the fool, you know, representing the excitement and, and enthusiasm that comes when we are taking risk and going out into the world and, beginning something and initiating action and you know, the willingness to, to be vulnerable, to be at, at risk and to let the, the excitement that comes, you know, from that. Um, leading through the other cards that lead to the final card, the universe or the world card that represents accomplishment and success and the Saturn influence of the better element of Saturn, where you're mature, where you're confident, where you're wise, where you're successful, where you're strong, where you've grown, where you've matured in a positive way. So there's all these steps along the way. And, and, you know, like this is what I always tell people, because it's sort of similar to the astrology thing. You will experience these archetypes in your life, whether you believe in them or not. <laughs> Belief has nothing to do with it. I, I love to explain this to people, because it, it's so fascinating, because I get the same thing with astrology. You know, sometimes I run across people saying things like, well, I don't really believe in astrology. You know, uh, you know, I it's such a funny thing to hear somebody say. If someone said to me, I don't, um, I don't really, I'm not sure, I don't know anything about astrology, I'm not sure if it's real or not, because I don't really, I have no knowledge about it, that to me would be acceptable <laughs> in, a, in a functioning person's perception, because they're admitting they don't know anything about it, they give me the skeptical whether there is anything to it. But when someone says, I don't believe it, and I think it's hogwash, and you know what I mean, you know, uh, astrology is going to affect you whether you believe in it or not. It, it just is. 
uh, you, you, you don't, I mean, this is just a universal law of things in that sense. So the same thing with the archetypes in uh, Tarot. They, they, they're, they're human constructs, ultimately, we go through. You know, the six of the Arcana cards is a lover's card. That represents the, um, the dynamic, the pull in human behavior to partner, to relate to others, to have harmony, to have peace. In its reverse position or the shadow side of it is fighting and arguing, bickering, and the recognition that there are some people that you can't partner with, that that just won't work. You're just so not on the same page. You're too far removed from each other in a way that you cannot find common ground. It can also represent the healthy elements upright of decision-making, of making correct choices. But reversed, it can indicate, uh, you know, having confusion or difficulty or, or making poor choices. So there's a number of, of elements connected with this archetype. So I use this as an example. You believing that that exists or not isn't going to change whether it exists or not. They're archetypes. They exist within the human psyche. That's what the cards represent, or these archetypes. Believe they can be uh, relate to you in a, in a tarot card reading or a spread. You know, listen, that may be something you question. But in terms of what they are, yeah, the archetypes exist. So the moon archetype, you know, was always probably a bit more of a complicated thing to explain to people when it shows up and spreads. And often, of course, it does. Uh, even for myself, it took a long time for me to understand what it really truly meant. Because if you read, like, tarot card interpretation books, you will often see things like, you know, the moon card upright means danger for those that you love. Deception, confusion, uh, you know, these are often the words used to describe what these card means. Of course, it sounds very ominous and, oh, my God, and, you know what I mean, and this is a bad card and, you know, all that other jazz. You know, oddly enough, even in most of the uh, tarot interpretation books, the reverse position usually means a clearing up of deception, the ability to see more clearly. Um, so it you know, has a somewhat more positive aspect in, in its reverse position in these books. But, you know, whenever I read stuff like that, and, you know, when I was studying the cards originally and, and looking through books on interpretation and developing my skills to understand what they all meant, you know, every time I would see things like that, like danger for those that you love, you know, I would roll my eyes a bit in my head because it's just corny to me in that sense. But I did also on another level understand that we do at times, you know, you can see this with friends and family. There are times when you can sense and feel, no matter what someone is saying or doing, that they're about to put themselves in troubling or difficult circumstances or situations. You know, also by the same token, that ability to know when someone is bullshitting you, where someone is trying to pull the wool over your eyes. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> practical level, most of the time, I shouldn't say most of the time, but often when you go to buy a car from a car salesman, you're going to get heaped on with a bit of BS a lot of times. Now, listen, there's good car salesmen, I'm sure, that absolutely are honest, so don't send me letters or angry emails about me making this assumption. <laughs> but... Uh, there is, uh, you know, there's a reality to it. You're trying to make a sale. You, you know, you push the envelope a bit. Again, people see this in the dating arena, you know, where someone's putting on all the charms. Yeah, I'm a pilot. You know what I mean? All the funny things that people will concoct. Uh, yeah, I'm with doctors without borders. No, you're not. Um, so, 
Yeah, there is an element of this that is very real in life. We we do see deception. We do see uh, you know confusion that way. Uh, you know, I I think like I said, no attack on the transgender community at any level. Of course not. You know, but listen, there is a reality behind that. There are many, again, not all transgender people, that that is part of it. It is an illusion in that sense, the ultimate, you know, uh, focus that way. And sometimes they lie and they deceive and hope you'll fall in love with them anyway. And, you know, and, I'm, and I'm, I have no doubt in my mind that there's a lot of very honest, integritous transgender people as well, too. But there is an element of this, of course, where you are... You know, there is, there is, you know, if you're trying, if you're a man trying to be a woman, you may very well deeply believe you are a woman, and, and psychologically, emotionally, you probably are. You know, I don't, you know, the biology of this is, is, uh, uh, you know, uh, an issue as well too, at one level or another. So I certainly would not begrudge it, and I'm not walking through that myself, but I am empathic enough to empathize and understand someone else going through this in that sense. But there can often be an element of deception that's involved in this. But then it, you know, a, a guy wearing a toupee, in some respects, is also doing the same thing at one, le- at one level or another. You know what I mean? There's an element of this that exists. So, yeah, there, there can be, uh, this is a reality in life. But the thing is, that's the interesting part. Progress through life, and as you go through experiences like this, sensing things, knowing things, veering between what you want to happen and, and where your delusion is and where things are honest and they're not, what does emerge is what this archetype to me is ultimately suggesting, which is the development of intuitive ability in that sense. And that is a good thing. Um, listening to the pulls of our heart um, and, and, and what that wants as well, too. You know, I, I often... You know, I've, I've said this many times before, too. You know, I have lots of different types of friends, races and sexual orientations and jobs and, you know, uh, typical Sagittarius in that way. I'm pretty social. I do know and talk to a lot of different types of people, and I love diversity and think people being different. I like that, actually, a lot. Uh, same thing with clients. I have a huge, diverse uh, arena of different clients that I talk to and work with and ages and income brackets and and things of that nature. So all that diversity is ultimately a positive uh, to me in, in that sense. But I think that everyone at one level or another does experience these elements of, of, uh, of what the moon archetype is ultimately bringing in, no matter where you come from and who you are and what you do. But, you know, I have some friends that are heavy, heavy agnostics or even atheists, not a lot, um, and I, you know, uh, but I do have a few, of course. And it's interesting to me, not so much the agnostics, I guess, because the agnostics are just people that are doubting, they're questioning it, where atheists are pretty hardcore and the belief that there is no such thing uh, in any way. Um, you know, listen, I find a lot of atheists to be very intelligent and very smart. And I've said this before, if I have a choice between a cuckoo right-wing holy roller, born-again Christian in Alabama, or an atheist, I'm going to take the atheist in a heartbeat uh, in that sense. But on the negative side, there's something missing to me in that sense. They're missing this recognition of this other element of life. And that is very sad to me, that they're missing that. It's dry. It's too intellectual. It's overbalanced 
in another way. You know, I was watching a show recently um, that I, I, I watch every week when it's on, on HBO called Real Time with Bill Maher. And, you know, politically, I think he's a brilliant man. I think he's very intelligent. I think he's very smart. I would say I agree with him about 85% of the time, 80-85% of the time of the things he talks about and discusses. I think he's a funny comedian. I think they're talented. So I think he's a great dude. But typical, every once in a while, I have to see the dumb thing. And, and it, you know, on last week's show, he was talking about the death of Nancy Reagan. And then, of course, he's a very hardcore atheist. Uh, he did a movie called Religious. And, and he's talking about the death of Nancy Reagan on the show. And then he, of course, brought up the humorous joke of her being an astrologer. And this is one of the reasons she was ridiculous not being an astrologer, seeing an astrologer. And then did a funny skit on it and very arrogant. And most of the people on the on this panel also nodded and agreed, all the very intellectual types, supposedly. And I like to think to myself is, I always thought it was one of the things that made Nancy Reagan smart, that she was smart enough to see an astrologer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Again, when you learn astrology, you're not, you don't walk away from it going, oh, it's BS. You're like, wow, this is amazing. In that sense, I understand myself now, the world a little better. So, you know, that to me is one of those things where it's a perfect example of someone who is in a lot of ways attempting to maneuver this archetype away or out of life in some respect. But that's the problem. You really do, when you're dealing with this archetype, you're dancing in the world of shades of gray in that sense because you can get caught up in wishful thinking and what you want, and that could sound like a voice of truth. But what I'm getting at, and this is what I really want my listeners to grasp, because I think this is really important. With practice and time and effort, you will begin to see that the voice of of truth, that voice of knowingness that comes inside of us, uh, that comes from inside of us, uh, is... uh, it's sound, it's stable, it's mature, it's knowledgeable, it's not frenetic. You know, when you're, when you're uh, you know, again, relationships are a perfect example of this because a lot of this can come up. When you're in love with someone, you've got a crush on someone, and, you know, and, you, and you're worshiping them, and, and it's not reciprocal, and you go through that pain, you know, often you convince yourself that this person must secretly love me too, they're just not showing it or something like that. Now, there may be cases where that, that turns out to be true. More often than not, it doesn't. Because that voice is a voice of hope and wishful thinking and convincing yourself at one level or nothing, uh, one level or another of something. Whereas the voice of, of true intuition, of true knowingness, like I said, it comes through as a form of clarity and stability. It's often clear and it's often simple. It is not attached to logic or emotion. It's clarity. It's something that you know in that sense. And that is one of the amazing things about working spiritually and developing those abilities because as you again fully grasp this archetype, you're less likely to be pulled into deception and illusion and wishful thinking. But you also have channels of input and information that come from all kinds of other sources other than just your logic. And that is a very powerful thing to have uh, in that sense. It, it ultimately uh, will balance you, uh, keep you, keep you healthy and happy, and help you make better decisions because you're listening to that inner voice. But, yeah, the, the problem is the road to getting there 
is often fraught with all kinds of encounters that leave you confused or unsure or uncertain or, you know, deluded, uh, sometimes even taking advantage of, you know, things of that nature, um, you know, stuff that people are convinced of. You know, I, I, a perfect example of this, I, I, I had gone to the gym yesterday to work out, and there's a guy at the gym who, um, he's very skinny, he often wears all black, He's probably in his early 30s, maybe. Um, and and I, I also try to avoid him. And, I, you know, I feel bad when I say that, but he's just one of these type of people who, I can't say there's something about him energetically that is frustrating to me. So, most story short, um, he was talking to a friend of mine, this gentleman that works at my gym that's about 75, and I had wanted to tell this guy, his name is Adrian, something. And I walked up, and I didn't realize he was talking to the skinny, crazy guy. The skinny, crazy guy was spouting on and on about political stuff. So one of the things, and I stupidly stuck my foot in it. You know, again, had I listened to my intuition and not gotten so adamant that I needed to tell this other guy, Adrian, something, my intuition told me not to proceed. <laughs> I just know not to go near this dude to get into discussions with him. because was dumb as a box of rocks and, 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 and forceful about it. So they were ta- he was talking about Trump and Hillary and and all these other things and how, how much we need a man like Trump in office and all these other things too. And, you know, me, I said, well, you may believe we need him. I said that he won't get elected. I said the, the more probable choice in terms of practicality is that Hillary Clinton will be the next president, possibly Bernie Sanders, possibly Cruz, but I would put them in, in much lower categories of potential possibility than the likelihood of, of Hillary Clinton. And, he was going on and on about how Hillary Clinton and her husband had had this reporter killed back in the late nineties and all these other theories and conspiracy theories about her. And, and, and I'm just listening to all of this. And I kept saying the same thing, dude, I'm not telling you who should win the election. I'm telling you who will likely win it purely from a mathematical perspective. But he kept going on about those other theories about what Hillary Clinton was up to and all kinds of things. And, and, and I just was listening to this. And again, it's such a perfect example to me of this deception that people do when they get too caught up in conspiracy theories and things of that nature. You know, I saw someone the other day on the Internet who had was a real, like, fanatic Obama hater. And... Uh, he had posted something saying he wasn't sure if it was true, but he posted a video from a guy on the web who claimed that when Obama was younger, he actually is a gay man and frequented a lot of bathhouses, and that um, and uh, and that when he was going to get elected, they told him he had to clean up his act, and he married Michelle Obama, who was actually, according to this, a man who had had a sex change operation. And the kids are largely paid actors; they're not actually their children. <laughs> you know, and I'm listening to all of this, but I'm reading all of this, and it's just hysterical. Well, actually, was attached to a video, and I even listened to the video just for shits and giggles. And oh my God! I mean, talk about cuckoo at every level. I mean, the, the kids look exactly like their parents. <laughs> you see what I mean? Clearly, you know, you can say a lot of things about Obama and. Michelle Obama in terms of political beliefs and right and wrongs, but clearly the relationship is strong and working and a healthy family. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then this whole theory anyway about Obama being gay. You know, you feel like you're talking to someone from the 80s, like, oh, no, he was gay and went to bathhouses. 
I highly doubt at any level that Obama is gay or bisexual in any way. And more importantly, who cares? Who gives a shit? You know what I mean? In, in this day and age, <laughs> be whatever you are. Nobody cares what your, what your sexual, uh, 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 you know, uh, experience is. Come on, you know what I mean? But this is an example, like I said, of the cuckoo. Because I see this, you know, certainly also in different degrees, even among New Age and metaphysical people. You know, it's easy to make fun of the crazies that are religious, but listen, you also see it in the metaphysical world. Some people getting carried away with delusions about things and how things should be and how they are and, you know, the secret societies and, you know, and, and, and who is behind 9-11, all these things. And listen, I don't doubt that there are legitimate conspiracies and things that have been covered up and hidden. I mean, I'm not stupid. You see this. But when this gets into such extremism and people become consumed with it, again, to me, that's the example of this archetype gone wrong. You know what I mean? It becomes kind of, you know, I often tell this to the, the really hardcore, the more extremist, really hardcore uh, Christians, the ones on the extreme right. You know, I always tell this to people, listen, the, the belief behind this urge to convert people and turn them to Jesus and all that stuff, listen, for, for most Christians, that's a very positive thing. They understand that life works, the energy, the pattern behind the teachings of Christ is powerful and transforming and beautiful and Duh, of course it is. But with the crazies on the extreme side, the deep-seated belief behind this is that because they are sinners who are holding back parts of themselves and trying to recover from things they believe were deeply evil that they did or wanted to do, and of course that's projected onto everyone else. That's where the compulsion to save everyone comes from. So like I said, again, whenever you're using intuition or information from the other world and other places and other feeds and other angles... Of course, the potential for fanaticism, extremism, and confusion can, can come into play. Uh, that's the nature, you know, uh, I've even said this many times too, even when it comes to channeling, and, and if you understand what that concept is, it's, you know, a lot of famous channels like Jane Roberts and uh, the channels who did Michael and Ramtha and, you know, some channels are clearly more clear and talented than others, um, some are better well-spoken, I've read many, many channel books, and, and some of them are just staggeringly amazing. You always have to realize, again, a channel or someone speaking for the dead or other entities or other sources, even on a good day, is maybe going to be accurate 80 90% of the time. There's always bleed-through of human error. There's always bleed-through of opinion, perspective, and point of view that comes through. So there's never total clarity. And it's similar in some ways when it comes to your intuitive ability. And that just, I think, comes more from... Well, I think the voice is clear. I think it's more the filter it comes through, meaning it's coming through us in a way, and we as human beings can have a tendency to filter things according to our beliefs, our philosophies, and our point of views and our perspectives. So we always got to realize that it may not always be 100% clear. But what my challenge is for my listeners and my uh, readers, of course, is, and, and what I highly recommend, is... If you work at developing that, if we work at developing those intuitive abilities in that respect um, and through that process of trial and error, you will become stronger at it. You will become more clear on what that voice, uh, that voice of clarity and knowingness is saying. Um, 
you know, I've been doing counseling work and, and astrology and numerology and, and tarot and all those good things for many, many years with people. And I, you know, clients who I've worked with for 10 years, 15 years on and off, or regular clients who come see me, um, they'll often say that. They'll say, you're really better. You were always good, but you're even better than you were. And I said, well, that's kind of dual. Part of it is, like any craft that you do, you know, over time you often become, you know, more talented, more knowledgeable. You know what I mean? That becomes a part of, of, of who we are if you're, you're, you're clear that way. I have a lot of Virgo in my chart. Even though I'm a Sagittarius, I've got three planets in the conjunction of Virgo. So I'm definitely a perfectionist. I'm always improving my craft. But the other thing is I've become more clear between being able to see what I want to happen or hope to happen for someone and what the cards are actually saying and also what my intuition is saying. So that's gotten stronger for me over time. I've also learned how to communicate better with people, um, tune into people's energy more clearly, knowing how to communicate with them and, and the way to phrase things and talk to them. So there's multiple angles that, that come through with, with why I've become better at, at, at my job and ultimately what I do. But you don't have to be in this field like I am necessarily to use this archetype or use this attribute. Uh, it, it's a powerful one. You do. We often really do know things. I think a lot of times, um, you know, hindsight is a powerful teacher in a lot of ways because after, some, after we go through an experience where we did delude ourselves or we didn't see clearly, that's often when we look back and say, you know, what's funny is I had all these other messages and these other signals that I wasn't listening to that I wasn't paying attention to. And now I see more clearly. So hindsight's pretty cool that way. We often can look back and, and realize that, that we, we, we didn't see clearly. But even through that process, even after the hindsight factor, you look after afterwards, the whole key is, and then in the future, learn how to listen to that voice more, how to hear it, how to get the wishful thinking out of the way, how to just get into clarity itself. Again, and that's what I remind everyone when it comes to our intuitive voice. It often has a soundness about it, a clarity. It is not frenetic. It's clear. It's, it's strong. It's consistent in that sense. That is that voice. Okay. So uh looks like we're running down on time here. I uh, still have some callers waiting in. Uh, just for a reminder, guys, I don't take live calls in the column read and discussion shows. Uh, we just don't have enough time for them. I will uh, probably in either April or May, I'll do an astrology update show. And on those shows, halfway through that show, I take live calls. So look for those uh, if you're looking for, for mini-reads. Um, I don't do them too often, but I do them every couple of months, so you'll be able to call in then. Uh, I appreciate your call in, but I just don't have time for it. Um, okay, guys, that, that's it. There are 45 minutes went awful fast as usual. Thanks for tuning in today. If you want more information about services, and you are looking for a reading a session to talk with me, I do do them by phone. You don't have to be in Phoenix to... Uh, to uh, have the experience a good 30, 40% of my clientele is by phone, and it is still very effective. Um, go to my website, jimventura.com, and you get information on booking session. I have a new client special running now, too, for a discount for new clients. Uh, if you're not already getting my monthly newsletter, email me at venturasag at yahoo.com. I'll add you to the monthly email newsletter. There's no cost for that. It's once a month. You get to read my columns first and also take advantage of any specials and things that I'm offering as well. It's lots of information in each month's newsletter. Okay, uh, I'll be back here for another live column read at the beginning of April that I will shoot to schedule an astrology update show for April as well. 
uh, just been doing a lot of traveling and then been sick and, uh, you know, all kinds of things, ups and downs of life that have been throwing me off course, but kind of back on track again, I would say. So thanks for joining me today. Till next time, cheers.